0: I'm Chantal Rochelle, she is Katie Natopoulos, and you are watching am to dm Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Chantal. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to we you. Made it. We 21st did. of September. Yeah. Oh, hello, shout out to Earth, Wood, and Fire. <laughs> well, today is a special day. It is. It's your first time co-hosting. It's my first time co-hosting. Welcome to the show, how do you feel? A little nervous, a little nervous. You know, a little nerves are good. You yeah, know? just be yourself, have fun, and have a good time. But that's easy for you to say because, <laughs>
1: like, be yourself works if you're not, like,
0: a monster
1: inside. What? So, you know.
0: No, it's, it's good. Just let the nerves be what they are, you know, and just let okay. it be. Okay. All right, friends, since this is Katie's first time co-hosting, let's show her some love and welcome her to the show using the hashtag AM2DM. All right, let's get this Friday started uh, with some Jordan Peele news. Uh, On Thursday,
1: CBS announced that the Academy Award winner will serve as host and narrator of the classic science
0: fiction anthology, The Twilight Zone. Ooh, the reboot is being described as a modern reimagining of the series made popular by playwright and television producer Rod Sterling, who Jordan Peele described as an uncompromising visionary who not only shed light on social issues of his time, but prophesized issues of ours. Yeah. I think it'll be good, right? Yeah. I'm loving this dramatic Twilight Zone actually. going <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you like the Twilight Zone? You know, I actually don't recall the original because I wasn't alive. However, when William Shatner came on board, he's so dramatic, and he would just make everything <laughs> over the top. He'd be like, and then he died. I'd like, did he die? <laughs> yeah. I love your Shatner impression. Uh, listen, I I'm just... It's dramatic. a good Shatner. I appreciate it. He's just so dramatic. Shatner. I feel like if he was giving, like his order, he'd be like, and I want extra cheese. <laughs> He's so dramatic. What about you, did you like it? Um, Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's some like really great episodes,
1: like in those old ones. Yeah. I don't know, I like it. Yeah, for sure. All right, Twitter, uh, you know the drill. We want to hear from you. Is there a show that you'd like to see come make a comeback? Uh, let us know using the hashtag am to dm mm, Is there a show that you'd like to see come back and make a reboot? So, bear with me. I would like to see a comeback of the show
0: Wings. Wings, yeah. What was the, that show about? It was the 90s sitcom okay. about uh, people who worked in a really small airport. Oh, straight to the point. Just <laughs> in an airport. Wings. I love the simplicity of it. Perfect opportunity for comedy. <laughs> just, just straight to the point. I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. What um, about you? I think for me, I have to give it to New York Undercover. That show was on from 1994 to 98, starring the amazing Malik Yoba. I mean, that show had it all. I, I was from Texas, and I, I thought I was a New York, New Yorker. Undercover, I was like, yeah, it was hardcore. That show was really... <laughs> And it had Ice T in it. Who was like, uh, uh, like super hard and like it was like in a gang. He like killed everybody, and then he went to SBU. That show was prime. I, loved I it. love like a gritty police Same. show. Yeah. You know? I love an action movie because I always, or a show because I always feel like I'm a part of it, and so I like jump over couches and, and just, <laughs> it's just I'm dramatic. So <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah. Um, so Chantal, let me ask you something.
0: Yes. Do you love cats and napping? Well, I do love napping, very much so. However, I am not a fan of cats. We don't get along quite well. However, I love a good dog. I love a puppy. Ooh, okay, all right. Well, at least you're, like, not an inhuman animal
1: hater. Um, You do work at BuzzFeed. Yeah. So to each their own, I'm a cat person. Mm -hmm. I love cats, um, and I also love napping, and that is why I'm extremely jealous of a guy named Terry. Uh, So Jennifer Bauer tweeted, "Um, this guy is living the dream. Um, and our own Miriam Elder tweeted goals about something that is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, so, to describe this, yeah. what's there's, going on? There's, um, there, these photos have gone viral of a sort of older man sleeping on a couch, just napping okay. with some cats. Oh. Um, and there's a cat shelter in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And this guy, Terry, has just been coming in to volunteer. And he just like naps with the cat. So he's like sort of in the middle of the room, just like taking a snooze. Yeah. Um, So Elizabeth Feldhausen is the founder of Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary, and she is joining us. Uh, Hello, Elizabeth. Hi. (laughs) So (laughs) who is this man and how did he end up living
2: my best life? Um, Terry is just a regular guy, a a 75-year-old guy that loves to brush and pet cats. So um, he showed up here one day with his own brush and started brushing. Wait, he had (laughs) his own brush? He brings his own brush. (laughs) Um, He says it's a magic brush. (laughs) Um, So he he started coming maybe once or twice a week. And then um, soon it was every day. um, And we just made him a volunteer. He would ask, can I help clean that up or... A cat would have a hairball, and he'd come up to me and say, you know, I can help with that stuff. And at that point, we just said, okay, Terry, you're a volunteer now. And he's been here every day for three hours, every day we're open ever since, and just brushing cats and falling asleep.
0: Wow. So what is Terry's reaction to going viral and being this new superstar?
2: So Terry doesn't understand social media. Um, So it's been really hard to explain to him um, what's going on, but um, he started getting interviews yesterday and he started to understand and we're both just shocked. Um, we don't know what to think. There's, we had no way of knowing. We just thought it was a cute picture.
1: <laughs> um, well, this is obviously, people are very jealous of Terry's life, uh, whether he knows it right. or not. Um, how can people who aren't in Wisconsin, who aren't you know, available to nap with the cats, how can they help you guys out?
2: We can always use donations um, financially. Um, we have cats that have disabilities. So when we get them, a lot of them need surgery. A lot of them need insulin, um, hyperthyroid medications. We get all the, the expensive cats. So um, anything that can help us financially is great. Otherwise, we do have an Amazon uh-huh. wish list that's posted to our Facebook page. Uh-huh. Um, and we need things like litter, um, clumping litter, soft food, lots of paper toweling. Right now we're short on plastic bags to scoop litter boxes. So just things like that. Um, and you can find that all on our website and our Facebook page. So
1: who is the little fellow that you have uh, with you right there?
2: This is Burger King. Um, <laughs> he came from San Antonio, Texas. He was a street cat there. And he, yeah, he looks a little rough, so you can tell. Um, he has FIV. And he is available for adoption here. <laughs>
0: Oh, all right. Oh, wow. So if we want to find out more, how can we find your handle, social media? Where can we, can, where can we find you?
2: Um, our handle on Twitter is Safe Haven GB. Um, Facebook is Facebook.com slash Safe Haven GB. And Instagram is cat underscore cafe underscore Wisconsin. Okay. Awesome.
1: Uh, and can we see some images of Terry in action uh, sleeping? There he is. Uh, look at that. I mean, who wouldn't want to just, you know, nap with a cat? That's so ideal, it's so comfortable. The cats seem so happy.
2: They are, they're so happy with him. They love him so much. It's like having a real family even though they're living in basically a shelter.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, Terry and the cats are living the best life. Thanks so much for joining us today, Elizabeth. Thank you. All right, (laughs) up next, we'll be back with Fire Tweets. Welcome back. So those cat that cat was adorable. I know. She like, was like, this cat's kinda rough, but he looked really yeah. happy. And being named after food, like yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna name if I if I led cats, I'd be like watermelon or ice cream, sherbet. I'd really be in the food. Sherbert. Yeah, I love fruit and, and ice cream or and sherbet, so I'd name it like sherberter. or I like that. Yeah. What yeah. yeah. See, after? now you want a cat. You know what? I might I want that cat, you know. <laughs> that, I like the furry, furriness of it. All right. Yeah. Are you ready to get in your first fire tweets? I'm I'm very excited okay. about pushing right. the button, the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Alright. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Orco
1: tweeted, it be like that sometimes, but recently it be like that
0: all the time. Oh, that is some philosophical stuff yeah, right there. All that. the time. Be like that. Yeah. You know what? That's some real stuff. Yeah. Alright. Next up. Salty mouse. Me, what are you doing? Lawyer. Wearing a jean jacket. Trust me. Prosecutor walks in wearing two jean jackets. Lawyer. Oh dude, you're going to jail. First of all, why are you wearing two jean jackets? We'll start Let's start there. start there. What? Uh, you know, what if the judge is wearing three? Hey, you know what, that's real. That's yeah. real. And yeah. Secrets are underneath all of them. You never know. Alright. <laughs> Olive tweeted, being
1: playfully rude to someone who doesn't know you is the exact same thing as being actually rude.
0: Oh, you know what? I'm guilty of that. You I do that what? to people sometimes you're, you're playing a little political. overly familiar. I can do that yeah, If you're just like being, you know, if you're being like nice and you're just like, okay I just want to get this over with and you yeah. know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's. All right. Next up Chris Scott Once again, I am thinking about the definite detention I got in high school for writing an essay about a separate piece titled a separate piece of shit. <laughs> The effort that was put into that. Wow, you listen. I can't say he didn't deserve it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, bless his teacher. Yeah, bless. <sighs> All right.
1: Um, this this is gonna be the tweet of the day. Yes. Ready? Ready? Okay, we we do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Marky Dudu tweeted, "I shampoo my hair with my eyes wide open every single time. Does it hurt? Yes." Have I been attacked by the shower demons because my eyes were closed? No, I have fucking not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Soap is a fire demon, okay? I mean, you know, as someone afraid of shower demons, I relate to this. Yeah, same. I mean, because there's nothing worse than hearing something drop in the shower or in the house and being like, I can't open my eyes. So mm-hmm. you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. All righty. Great Love job, the your- shower <laughs> demons. Great job in Fire Tweets. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Did you did great. You did great. All right, y'all. Up next, we're going live from the district.
1: Welcome back. We're now going live from the district with BuzzFeed News White House correspondent Tarini Party. Good morning, Torini.
3: Good morning, guys. Happy Friday, finally. <laughs> you Happy, Happy Friday, Friday to you Tarini.
0: Now, Tarini, what do you want to see out of a Jordan-Peele Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm.
3: I'm very excited about this. I want sort of the get-out vibe in every
1: episode. Oh, yeah. yeah same. Yeah. Um, this morning, President Trump finally tweeted about Christine Blasey Ford. So he tweeted, I have no doubt that if the attack on Dr. Ford was as bad as she says, charges would have been immediately filed with local law enforcement authorities by either her or her loving parents. I ask that she bring forward those filings so that we can learn the date, time, and place. Tarini, Trump has been fairly quiet on Twitter about this story until now. What changed?
3: So you're right, this is the first time he's actually naming uh, Kavanaugh's accuser and going after her on Twitter. And yes, he's been fairly quiet on the issue on Twitter, but if you watch his comments over the week, they have slowly progressed and become more and more aggressive. And this is obviously where we end up at the end of the week. Um, you know, He said uh, earlier this week that when he was asked, you know, do you think this is political? Is this all politics? He kind of saved his answer. He said, um, you know, maybe ask me that in a few days. So he was basically foreshadowing what he's doing now Uh, He's essentially saying this is political. He's really implying that he is also going after Democrats. And then he has this new sort of talking point about why she didn't go to the FBI 36 years ago. So, you know, that is a case that you wouldn't go to the FBI for. Um, And so I don't. So he's seeing that repeatedly without any evidence or sort of knowledge of how that process would even work.
0: Oh wow, so here's a tweet from BuzzFeed News. The woman who says Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her is still willing to testify in Congress, but not Monday and under certain conditions. Trini, what exactly are those conditions?
3: So her lawyers have laid out a few different uh, conditions. One, that she would prefer to testify on Thursday as opposed to Monday. Um, Also that she would like to testify first uh, before uh, Kavanaugh speaks. And um, this, that's kind of uh, still being worked out. Another uh, thing that's come up is that she's asking for one of the, the witnesses, Mark Judge, to also testify um, to be subpoenaed. He's put out a statement saying he has no recollection of uh, these events, but um, she believes that if he is uh, presented with a subpoena and testifies before the committee that he will be forced to tell the truth. So, is the Senate Judiciary Committee agreeing to those terms? What's the status? Uh, there are two things that the committee has said are non-starters: uh, the order of the testimony that that's being negotiated, um, and also the the subpoena for Mark Judge. They've said that they believe that they don't uh, think they should be taking recommendations from witnesses on who should be subpoenaed and who shouldn't. So um, they're still figuring that out. The the timing will be the most interesting. Um, She has obviously asked for the hearing to be on Thursday. Um, The committee is now talking to its members and trying to figure out uh, whether or not they will be willing to push back the hearing from Monday to Thursday and, and allow for that to happen.
0: Oh, wow. So is Kavanaugh still planning on attending
3: that hearing on Monday? So he has put out a statement saying that he wants to testify um, as soon as possible. He says he, is, he wants to clear his name um, you know, in the, the, the speediest manner. So he uh, was looking forward to testifying on Monday, and he sort of reiterated that yesterday. So
1: next week is already pretty busy for Congress. Uh, there is a spending bill that's due on Friday. If, if this is going on either Monday or Thursday, like, do they have the bandwidth for all this? How is that going to work out?
3: Right. So these are the problems that Congress sort of in in terms of timeline and um, these are the problems that Congress sort of brings upon itself. Um, the, obviously, the, the Kavanaugh um, uh, deadline in terms of when the hearing should be is sort of arbitrary because they, they don't, there's not sort of a deadline of when it needs to happen. Um, they could delay it, but they obviously Republicans want the confirmation to happen as soon as possible so they can get him uh, on the Supreme Court for the next session. In terms of the spending bill, you know, the Congress always has plenty of time to pass these things, but they, of course, wait until the last minute. So. Per usual, we now have several different things that Congress needs to take care of at, you know, coming together, uh, you know, along with these arbitrary deadlines on some things that they set for themselves. Thank you, Tarini, very much. Um, Up next,
1: uh, Ben Smith sits down with former United States Attorney General Eric Holder. Stay
2: tuned.
4: I'm Ben Smith, and this is the sit down. I'm here with. Eric Holder, the former Attorney General of the United States, um, and an Attorney General who never got into a Twitter war with his with the president, while, while or since he has been in office.
5: Uh, that would um, be right.
4: And congratulations on that, General yeah. Holder. Um, so you're you're now actively working on, and your big project, your central project right now, is the is the battle over redistricting and the right. attempt to essentially pull states back from situations where you know, where, where Republicans can win a minority of votes and a majority of congressional seats and and I wonder you know just as a for citizens who watch that process mm-hmm. and who you know the Republicans are trying to pull it one way, you're trying to pull it the other. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that whole thing undermines people's faith in just the mechanics of democracy? That that this is, these are fair votes where one person's vote counts.
5: Well, I think that's the essence of, uh, of gerrymandering and the really negative impact that it has. Uh, it breeds cynicism. Um, it makes people think that their votes don't count. And in some ways, um, the value of a person's vote in a gerrymandered district really is um, it really is lessened. And that's why we're trying to get back to, to fairness, um, you know, do away with gerrymandering and make this a fair battle between Republicans, conservatives, Democrats, and, and progressives. And
4: don't you just want to reverse the gerrymander to be a place like New York where Democrats have manipulated it so that they, so that they can play to win?
5: No, no. And what what I've said uh, very clearly, and what President Obama has said as well, is that we are not here to gerrymander for um, Democrats. We just want to have a fair process, which is one of the reasons why we really think that um, in some ways the best way to do these things is to give the whole redistricting process to nonpartisan commissions, take it out of the hands of politicians
4: altogether. But in the meantime, you're trying to win some elections. Which state do you think is the most possible impact right now?
5: Well, I think we well we have 12 target states, um, but I mean if you look at the places where you've seen the greatest amount of gerrymandering, you know Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Texas. um, We but we have 12 target states we are focused on, and um, seven states that are on our watch list.
4: And should people who care about this issue, who are invested in your group, worry that you're going to give this up to run for president in a few months? Uh, nope. I am fully committed to staying with the
5: uh, NDRC and making sure that we reach our goals of having uh, fair elections in 2018. Make sure that we do well in 2020. So you're not running for president? Uh, I'm going to decide that, um, you know, next year. Okay. So they should be a little worried. No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I
4: will, you know, NDRC is going to do just fine. So I'm, I'm to switch to the to the present day here. I, I was just thinking, you know, when we were here, that it, it's very difficult to imagine. President Obama constantly undermining you in a, in a public way, yeah. the way Trump has done to Jeff Sessions. And I'm just curious. I mean, obviously, you do not have a lot of co- in common with Jeff Sessions. But what do you do if you're Jeff Sessions? You've, you've been in that seat with that very complicated political relationship, even yeah. without the tweets.
5: Well, you know, I think you have to analyze this on a couple of levels. There's the personal, which is, um, I guess, just don't understand that a- at all. But more seriously, there is the institutional. Um, the way in which this president thinks that he can order the Justice Department to do certain things is really kind of, uh, is pernicious and it's inconsistent with the norms that have always existed between the Justice Department and the White House. When that wall is, uh, is too low, that's when the Justice Department gets into trouble. But I've never seen a president uh, give uh, an attorney general
4: orders the way in which this one do has. you res- Do you have any respect for Sessions for not always following those orders?
5: Yeah, I do. There, I have a, a certain institutional um, respect for him. Although on the positions that he has taken in the power, the, the way in which he's used the power that he's had as, as Attorney General, uh, we are in totally opposite places. Now,
4: Trump appears to believe that you that that you are the model Attorney General, that you, as he puts <laughs> it, protected the president without having to be told to. I think you know, I saw you were times referred to as Obama's heat shield. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that you did it with a kind of maybe political skill that Sessions lacks, but w- but but that fundamentally you saw part of your job as protecting the president. No. Do you think that's true?
5: No. I never saw my job as protecting the president. You know, when I was uh, going through confirmation, Pat Leahy, head of the Judiciary Committee, said, you know, you're going to be the attorney general of the United States. You're not the secretary of justice. And you're a fundamentally different person than any other cabinet member. So I never had to, but first of all, President Obama never did anything the likes of which, you know, President Trump seems to routinely do. So there was no basis for me to try to protect him. But the way I viewed the job was to. uh, I saw myself as the lawyer for the people, not as the lawyer for the President of the United States.
4: I've heard that President Obama has remarked, and maybe to you, that he blames he blames you in part for the election of Donald Trump because you left early and your predecessor handled a couple of complicated political situations in clum- your successor, sorry, in in clumsy ways. The tarmac meeting, mm-hmm. the Comey investigation, things that a more dexterous leader, somebody more experienced, might not have done. Have you heard that from him? Um, have you heard him make at least that joke that.
5: That joke, uh, I've heard that from a number of uh... of sources and i think that and he
4: has a kind of joking not joking thing he does maybe. yeah
5: yeah but he and i joke a lot and um... from everything from basketball to you know to serious politics i mean what i will say is that um... i think that with regard to that that comey press conference um, that would not have happened if i was attorney general of the united states i would have told jim comey uh... you can go up there as uh, the fbi director and try to hold this press conference but you will leave that podium as the ex-fbi director and i think that jim you know, I know him pretty well. I think if he had gotten a direct order not to hold that press conference, uh, he would not have had it, and that set in motion a whole, did, whole did chain of things. Did you watch
4: that, like that whole? That, I mean, I would I would include the tarmac meeting. I don't know if you would. Just as you know, these, as, did you watch that with some kind of physical reaction? That oh God, it know. put me in coach. Sure.
5: Yeah, that was it. Was hard to watch because I didn't know where he was going. I mean, I I, I thought we might get to the end of this thing, and he says we're going to announce now an indictment of uh, of Hillary Clinton. But to see an FBI director up there. Uh, in essence doing that which the Justice Department um, has the singular responsibility to do was was kind of hard
4: to watch. Did you wish you were back there in that moment? Uh, I wish I'd been there maybe an hour before the press conference no. had started, you know. I want to go back back to your tenure. In, in 2014 the FBI discovered a s- suspicious banking transactions made by Paul Manafort. So we've reported on the documents more recently and and that was after you had announced a task force to tackle international kleptocracy Mm -hmm. and i wonder i'm not sure if this is the attorney general's office or the fbi but i mean shouldn't wasn't that a huge missed opportunity i mean manafort is now going to jail for stuff that you really had him on in twenty fourteen well i can say this
5: this was just not stuff that was on my radar screen i mean we you know established that kleptocracy
4: initiative to try to get at uh, foreign officials, especially. Right, but it was the foreign, I, mean, I think Yanukovych, who was yeah. his client, was right in the center of it.
5: And we did you know, a variety of things with regard to Ukraine, um, and really, I remember we had a meeting in London to talk about um, you, things Ukrainian and what uh, the former Ukrainian regime um, had done. Now whether Ma-
4: or not Manafort was a part of that, I, that was But, but what does it about. mean that, that he's being prosecuted for stuff that happened during the Obama administration that I guess nobody bothered going after him for?
5: Well, I'm not sure that I'd say that. I would say that, you know, as, again, we focused on the Ukrainian situation. My, my guess is that a lot of the things that they are focused on now probably was developed during the time that, that we were there.
4: Um, there's another another moment that is recently in the news from your mm. tenure, which was that Trump, the Trump administration has been citing, and I'm not sure the memo itself is public, but a 2010 memo from you and Bob Bauer about judicial confirmation to defend their position that the fbi shouldn't investigate these allegations against judge kavanaugh that in fact that the fbi's role is just to pass on new information not to investigate it they've been citing a twenty ten memo from you mm-hmm. is that are they are they interpreting that right i'm not sure i'm familiar
5: with this memo i'm probably should lots of memos as, as attorney general but it seems to me that um, you know Investigations, background investigations, were actually routinely reopened. Now, it's not the FBI's determination to make credibility determinations, but to go out, interview witnesses, write down the reports of those interviews, and then share those reports with, uh, with people. I'd be hard-pressed to find a memo that said that I didn't think that that was a, a, a good idea.
4: The, um, what, do, what do you think the standard of proof ought to be in, in, this, in this investigation of Judge Kavanaugh?
5: You know, uh, it's not a trial, so it's not beyond um, a reasonable doubt. I mean, I, I think this is the kind of thing where you try to get as many of the witnesses in as you possibly can, including the other person who supposedly was there, although he claims he has no recollection of it, uh, and have people sworn in, so they're testifying under, you know, possible penalty of perjury. And then um, you just make credibility determinations on the basis of demeanor, um, the logic of, of their, their their stories. and. And um, and, do, and do you think Dr. Ford ought to testify? I think she should be afforded the opportunity to testify. Um, I think that uh, Judge Kavanaugh should testify. I think that uh, Mr. Judge, you know, should testify. But I also think we ought to probably, you know, broaden it so that you have the FBI going out there and trying to get in touch with all the people who might have had um, some information about this incident so that
4: Congress can make an informed decision. Did you follow this incredible debacle over the last couple of days with Ed Whelan tweeting this very, very complicated? <laughs> well, uh, I, his notion
5: that I guess that somehow it somehow might have been there's a mistaken person, identity. Uh, uh, yeah, that sounded a little absurd to me, and I, I think I, I think I've heard that he's tried to take that. Yeah, he back apologized. Now, although I'm, I'm sure that his taking it back will not stop the conservative side from continuing to push that initial um,
4: statement that he made, which sounds, from my perspective, pretty stupid. Yeah, I think that that is the consensus on that now. And I guess we just have time for one final question. I did mm-hmm. want to ask when your name comes up when I tweeted that I was talking to you. Mm-hmm. There's a strain of, particularly in the Democratic Party, that says, how could this guy go back from the attorney general's office to work for a law firm that defends white collar criminals? Isn't this, you know, that people who are, remain angry that senior executives were not prosecuted in the, in the, after 2008, see you working for a firm that defends banks and say that's, you know, that this is part of that system Mm -hmm. and part of that kind of betrayal. And I wonder what you say to that.
5: Well, you know, this notion of betrayal is something that that pisses me off. um, Because what we did um, during the course of the examination of the bank conduct and individuals in banks was to try to make cases. And we didn't make cases only because we didn't have the ability to do so. It's it's an easy thing to criticize from the sidelines. It's an easy thing to write an article about what you should have done. It's a whole different thing to get in front of a jury of 12 people with a standard of beyond a reasonable doubt uh, and hold people accountable in that way. Um, we had resources that I directed to try to you know, determine if there were individuals who could be prosecuted um, and made the determinations ultimately on a case-by-case basis that, um, that we could not. As I left the department, um, I said that we needed to come up with new laws and kind of um, change the standards by which uh, these um, cases were, um, were, were assessed so that the next attorney general could perhaps be a little more successful than, uh, than we were.
4: Well, thank you for joining me, General. We really appreciate your, your coming by BuzzFeed. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
6: We're going tweeting. Ha <laughs> ha! It's fine. Let's take a selfie. Did you just get four,
7: four for four? <laughs> what a bargain. All right, thanks,
6: man. Are we there yet? Isaac, are we there yet? Are we
7: there yet? it, this is not driving Miss Ferocity.
6: am to S.E.A. brought to you by Wendy's 4 for 4.
7: Wake up. Where are we? So we're pulling into Seattle, which has a beautiful skyline, except we cannot see it. Seattle gets a rap for being a gray city, oh. but in this case, it is literally these wildfires in Canada that are just pouring smoke down here, apparently. It's pretty wild. So we're going to travel to Bainbridge Island, where John Mualm, an incredible author, writer, he's just moved up here in the past year, so we're going to kind of talk to him about making the most of being a writer in Seattle. I don't think he owns the whole island, but, you know, we'll see. You are literally on an island the size of Manhattan, but only with 23,000 people on it. How do you make the most of moving to a new area? What is that like? I think it feels really different to be
1: working outside of like a big kind of industry town. I actually think it's nice that I can withdraw from the internet and actually withdraw from a lot of that. It doesn't follow me into my regular life necessarily. I'd like to actually write a lot more about this area. I think Washington is like in some ways a microcosm for the whole country. Like we kind of have communities that are illustrative of a lot of what's going on in other states.
7: Cheers. Cheers. Canadian wildfires have abated, and again, we had a beautiful day, but you can see the sun's hitting the the houses across there. We've not been able to see that mountain this whole time. right
6: there. Now we are going to the Pike Place Market. It's like
7: local business. This is like the institution of Seattle, Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to figure out what we're going to learn. What do you love about Pike Place? How do you make the most of it? I just try to remind myself that I've never
1: had today before. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, even, we meet in the morning in a huddle before we start working at 6 30, and we generate our day and we get present and we talk about what's possible and keep the spirit going and remember that it's always now and there's always new things to have
5: fun with. Fish are we'll changing. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to catch a fish? Sadie so
7: definitely here. wants to
6: catch a fish. Where's the fish going to fly from? It's
5: going to fly from right, <laughs> right. <laughs> over there. Wait, thing. we're
6: just going. <laughs> <dangerous> we're just <laughs> enough. Oh, no, it's huge! <laughs> I present you fish!
7: Hey! Oh,
6: oh my god! Woo. Woo. It's pretty!
7: We are here at Sam, the Seattle
6: Art Museum. It's not a man, it's a museum. We're just in the lobby. We haven't even gotten started and I'm already getting
7: life. This is modeled on a giant cedar. So basically what happened was this morning, I tweeted out like, Seattle, what are some indoors Mm -hmm. activities we should do? And Sam tweeted, enjoy some art indoors with us. Now we're here for this incredible exhibit that we've actually heard a lot about.
2: So Double Exposure has the historic photographs of Edward S. Curtis alongside work by three contemporary indigenous artists. So it's kind of about how photography is a mediator. So the native artists on view are showing how they're creating their own aesthetic representations of themselves. That's what this exhibition is supposed to be about. It's Mm. saying for Native American artists and people to say, we are here. I mean, in Seattle, we have a really amazing community of urban natives.
6: So Isaac and I have decided we should give each other a gift, but cooking at home and having a meal is affordable, It's a great way to relax and mix while you're traveling. So I'm going to go back to the market and I'm going to buy fish and produce and things for a dinner
7: that I'm going to surprise him with. (laughs) Gift exchange.
6: Gift exchange.
7: You're holding a
6: towel. My gift is not the towel. (laughs) Okay. There's a step here. There's a step. Step up. up. Step up. Okay, you're good. Okay, Okay, I'm taking you, and you're gonna sit down.
7: Okay. This is terrifying. Seven days (laughs) on the road, and I trust you to. It is like this. I have regrets about this.
6: Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) My my gift is a dinner.
7: You got
5: flowers.
7: Like it does not have blindfolds, and I'm feeling very lacky. Here you go. You know I didn't wrap that. (laughs) You got John's book. You really enjoyed talking to him. You pretended like you'd never heard of it, even though I went hard for this book. I can't believe you took the time to cook salmon.
6: Okay, so I didn't cook it. What <laughs> Danny and Alex cook this. I
7: move mountains for you.
6: <laughs>
7: Making the most for me is like discovery. Mm-hmm. It's about what happens on a trip like this where your friends who you maybe know say interesting things that you didn't know before, or strangers that you meet or new places that you discover. Making the most of traveling for me is all about discovery.
6: It's, you know, who we are together and our relationship, whether people know it well or it's something they learn over the course of time. Like that, that was the key. And I'm just excited that this is the beginning. I love you. Alright.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm here with Sarayu Blue, star of the new NBC show, I Feel Bad. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. So congratulations on the show. Thank you so much. It's so good. It premiered, what came on this week, a sneak peek. Yeah. After America's Got Talent finale this week. Uh. And I was like, "Uh, this is amazing. (laughs) it feel? so much. It feels incredible I love the
8: show I'm so invested in it so to see that other people love it as much is oh, incredible that's amazing so let's start off with
0: this tweet from actress Aparna Brielle yes so she said I can't stress how awesome it is to see a female Indian lead for a TV show yeah. and I trust everyone who made it so much yeah give I feel bad a watch it's hilarious so far so what does representation of Indian women on television on screen mean to you uh, it really means
8: everything mm-hmm. and thank you Aparna for that tweet Um I think it's one of those things that you you almost, someone else tweeted, I didn't even realize how much I needed it, yeah. you know, until you see it. And I think that's, it's exciting to be in this time when we're seeing this kind of shift happen, but it's still pretty rare. Yeah. And so it's a real honor to get to do this and play this role and just. I always say, be a person. Yeah, and what responses have you received so far? Uh, really moving ones and really fun ones. Mm-hmm. Where people are like, oh my god, that's me and my family, that's me and my life. And I've gotten me and my life from, yes, the South Asian community, but also everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what's so cool about the show is, yes, we have this cultural specificity in it, absolutely, which is awesome. But we also have just the relatability and the universality of it yeah, at the same absolutely. time.
0: It's so real. And also, the Emmys were this week. Yeah, and Sandra Oh was nominated for best. <laughs> actress the first Asian woman to do so I know I mean amazing incredible so how important is it you to you and to see changes like that happen in Hollywood well I think it's one
8: of those things that uh, it's some it just kind of makes you want to cry <laughs> you know yeah. like in a good way that it's finally happening it's it's you know I grew up and you you grow up and you see a standard look mm-hmm. and you're not included in that and it starts to feel like oh I don't get to have that yeah and you know uh, I saw someone texted me a photo of a post of a woman who didn't go into acting, wanted to go into acting and didn't go into it because she never saw it and it seemed like, well, that's not possible Mm. and I've gotta pay the bills, so I'm not gonna do it.
3: Mm.
8: And she still has regrets about not going after her dreams and that breaks my heart. I mean, the idea that like, you just won't do it because it could never happen. And so now we're finally letting people know, hopefully,
0: that it is a possibility. Absolutely, it's a possibility. And speaking of growing up, who did you look up to in Hollywood?
8: You know, it's funny, I've been asked that question. I mean, I've, I looked up to so many people, but I think the reality was you look at people that don't look like you and you just find ways to connect with mm-hmm. them. You know, like, who doesn't love the Golden Girls, yes. right? Ugh. We can all Iconic. it. <laughs> we can watch it and go, oh, my God, I see myself in yeah. those characters. They're brilliant. Their timing is, is impeccable. But of course, there was no Indian female that was doing that at yeah. that time um, because the opportunity didn't exist. So I think it's one of those things that you find the glimmers in these people, but then you also know that, or you hope that someday you'll get to do it. It's
0: amazing Now there's so many young girls are looking at you right now. It's beautiful. It's I'm really
8: honored and excited and just hopeful that... People feel seen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of just an amazing show, Amy uh, Amy Poehler. Yeah, exactly. Produces this. I know. How amazing is that? It's astounding. I mean, I mean she's been
8: one of my comedy heroes for yeah, so long. Same. And her, you know, her timing, her nuance, and she's so smart about her. Uh, Comedy and her suggestions and where she thinks things fit, and then she's also so generous. Mm -hmm. She's a kind person. She's exactly as sincere and giving as you would think Mm -hmm. she is. She's
0: that. Amazing. And I feel bad distinctively speaks from the female voice and embraces women's imperfections and flaws. How important is it to you think that to show the the good, the bad, the ugly that women endure? Because we rarely see that on TV. Imperative. It's imperative.
8: You know, this is why people are coming out and saying, oh, this is so relatable. is my life you know it's because this is how we feel we all feel like we're just you know just trying to get by. Mm-hmm. There's too much happening. There's too many plates spinning. One's about to uh, bound to fall and break. And so what you're showing on this show is the plate's breaking. Yeah. And it's great. It's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Refreshing,
0: mm-hmm. I think. What's been your favorite sh- uh, scene of shoot so far with that contact?
8: Um, there've been a lot. Okay. It's been a lot of fun. But there's a really great moment where my character is tired of being needed, which mm-hmm. I think... We can all really, yeah, man. And you're just like, oh, please stop calling or needing anything. <laughs> and, um, there's a great moment where I sort of escape to another house while my neighbor is out of town. Gold. <laughs> and I use the house as my respite, and my husband figures it out, and I've got all this lotion on me, and I jump into his arms and fall right through. And it is so much fun to get to do that kind of physical comedy. Oh, man. I mean, it's the sort of Lucille Ball of it. You're doing your own it. stunts. It's great. I mean, actually, that's not true. There was a stunt up there. Okay, for that. okay. But I did try to do it, and they were like, sorry, You're you like, can't. like, we're going to no, let someone else fall. <laughs> Which was smart, of course, <laughs> but it was so much fun to do. <laughs> so good. yeah.
0: So since the show is called I Feel Bad, yeah. we wanna, I'm going to read you a few scenarios. Okay. And I want to know from you which one, with this paddle, you tell oh. me and show me with this paddle, how you feel. <laughs> Are you ready to play? I'm so ready to play. Okay, awesome. So we use both of these very regularly in life. The first one, you fart in front of your husband. <laughs> how do you feel?
8: Can I be honest? Like, so over that one. He We're both like, you know what? It's yeah, gonna like, happen. married. Let's, yeah, it is what it is. He is not a shamer. He's yeah, he's not interested in shaming Is your husband fart in front of you? Yeah, he doesn't care.
0: It's like, which is why I don't.
8: <laughs> I'm like, no, what tit for tat, mean? buddy. We're unified. Here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, next one. You cancel plans to catch up on Netflix. How do you feel? Oh, I don't feel that bad about okay, that. Yeah, This yeah, is too hard. You yes. shouldn't have to
8: do things I out care. of obligation. That's
0: right. Yeah, i got to take some time for you. That's right. Yeah, and, look, I don't want people hanging out with me because they okay. feel like they have okay. to. Okay, yeah, we love a no-pressure relationship. Yeah, that's right. It should be... Yes. mutual. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, amen. All right. Next up, your mom calls and you send her to voicemail. Oh, How do you feel? Oh God, I feel so bad. Yes. <laughs> that is like <laughs> such <laughs> a trigger. <That's, laughs> I'm like, sorry, Mom. I know. So I sorry. feel so bad. I have never declined my mom's phone calls. Oh, ever. Because an Amber Alert will. Because you will hear it. Yeah, that's right. On the news. I know. Yeah. My mom will be like, I called. Yeah.
8: <laughs> like it's she already she called. That yeah. she did. And her so you're part. On text yeah.
0: and be like, I just called you. She doesn't have a cell phone. Oh. Mm-hmm. But mom. she'll email. Okay. She'll tweet. Oh, my gosh. I love that so yeah. much. Oh, I got it. All right. Next up, you go to a spa. Instead of going to the gym, how do you feel? I feel just fine about that. Again, life is too yeah, hard. Lean on the facial. Get an yeah. extra pampering. Yes, that's right. Let yeah. that skin glow. Mm-hmm. Thank I love you. Love it. Amen to that. All right. Next up, your best friend's crush asks you out on a date. How Uh, do you feel? I feel terrible. That's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. That's jail with your books. It's not your fault. (laughs) But I do feel bad. I would feel bad. Yeah. All right. Next up. You go to drinks with your coworkers, and you are the drunkest one. How do you feel? (laughs) I'm just laughing at myself because it's too real. (laughs) (laughs) Is that (laughs) what happened before? I mean,
8: yeah. Sure. I'm kind of a lightweight at the end of the day. Uh, I guess I feel Bad, but not that bad. Yeah, yeah, like it happens. Mm -hmm. As long as we're all responsible.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Safe drinking. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) Next up, you take the last piece of pizza. How do you feel? Totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Again,
8: not into shaming on any of these Mm -hmm. levels when it comes to like eating, not going to the gym. I don't believe
0: in going to the gym because I feel forced to. It's so real. On your own accord. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Next up. Oh, we're going. You can't go to a family member's birthday bash because Oprah invites you to pick from her latest harvest. I feel terrible How do you feel? and excited. Yes. The same time. Like super mm-hmm. happy for me. You're like, it is what it is. But you're like,
8: he, it's it, Oprah.
0: It's Oprah and we're gonna pick harvest and we're gonna I pick mean, cucumbers and have the best time. Ever. I'm gonna daydream about that for the rest of yeah. the day. Yeah, honestly, Oprah, like, can just we just seeing this? Yeah. I love you Please. and harvest picking. Yeah, we 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 love you, Oprah. <laughs> well, sorry, you. Congratulations on Thank the show. So Thank you much. so much for coming today. Thank you for We're having me. So happy me. for you. All right, y'all. I feel bad. is on Thursday nights on NBC starting October fourth. We brought some t- some joy to the timeline with that cat story this morning. Kix Maven says, I think there's something so perfect about naming cats after food. Same. Thank yeah. Thank you for getting it. Um, I have a friend whose cat is named Fries. Fries. Like French fries. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, and That's real. They have two. Fries and toast. Okay. I need uh, tater tots next. Yeah. I need that. <laughs>
1: Rachel Girlfield is judging Chantal.
0: Rachel. Uh, when people say they aren't cat people, Yeah.
1: You know, you know? never just trust an on cat person. I, listen,
0: I'll never be one. Cats are just there. I'm sorry. They don't hug you. They don't
1: love you. You know what? Not to dox, but uh, Eric Holder backstage told us he's not a cat person. Well,
0: listen, mm. we love a we love a fun fact. Mm. All right, we asked for the TV re- reboots you're looking for, and AM to DM's own Jess Goodwin says hard agree with Katie Notopoulos, Let's bring back wings.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm ready listen, for it. Who
0: would you want to star in the the remake? That's a good question. I don't. I mean, is it like the same
1: cast 20 years later? I think Tony Shaloub was in Ooh. it. I love Tony Shaloub. Some good stuff. Almost Tony Shaloub. Um, or maybe it's like all new people, young people. Yeah, I like The to second see that. generation, yeah. their yeah. kids. Yeah, their grandchildren. <laughs> uh, Joe Lee has a compliment. That Shatner impression, though, life giving.
0: Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was a really good Shatner. It's a really good Shatner, really good Shatner think, is that guy. He's that dude. <laughs> I didn't peg you for like a Shatner impersonator. You know I didn't myself either until, you know what? It came out. It just jumped out of me. All right <laughs> Well, thank you to our guest, Eric Holder, Sorry You Blue, Elizabeth Feldhausen, Tarini Party, and Burger King the Cat. <laughs> And, Katie, congratulations on your first day at as- home. Oh, <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. I got a
0: air <laughs> Listen, you did a great job today. Come back again. Um, Love to have you back. Thank you. Thank next, you. Week, next week, we have Tracy Ullman, Remy Ma and Papoose, David Allen Greer, and Darcy Carden. AM to DM will be back Monday morning. Bye, y'all.